<laughs> what's up what's going on everybody um yeah so i'm going to go live on the gram as well even though this doesn't support instagram live so those on instagram what's up what's going on those here on youtube what is going on um okay yeah so the title implies pixel 6a google did it and i'm going to give my reasons why i feel like that google pretty much nailed it with the pixel 6a I know that there's going to be some kickback just because of some of the issues that some people are facing with the Pixel 6a, but nonetheless, the overall of the Pixel 6a pretty much just like killed it. Not in a bad way. All right, we're going to talk about LTE versus 5, 5G phones, and um, it's, it's a question that people still tend to, to ask. And that is, um, should they upgrade to a 5G phone right now? Currently, are they okay if they decide to stay on LTE? Those types of things we're going to be talking about in today's podcast, as well as a hidden one. And that's T-Mobile offering, not 30, sorry, 90 days uh, to test drive their network. And um, how do you get it, basically? So I'll explain all that in a nutshell. Um, those that watch the replay, hashtag replay crew, and let me know you guys caught it later. And I know kind of went earlier than usual on my live streams, but that's okay. And um, yeah, so as you know, people jump on in, feel free to say hi, say what's up. And then yes, I'm trolling visible for the crap that they pulled on me by using their cup. If you didn't catch that video, Watch that video. Had some um, interesting details and what you can do to protect yourself if you're invisible on their legacy plan. And, you know, you've had like referrals. So you've gotten like the $5 a month bill. Um, just how to protect that. So check out that video on the YouTube channel. And okay, so let me just lead off with the first one, right? Because this I just read about this morning. So let me just kind of talk about T-Mobile how you could try out T-Mobile's network for 90 days free with um, their network pass is what it's called. Um, So with that being said, T-Mobile, basically they had the test drive, which was 30 days or 30 gigs, whichever came first. Um, You had to have um, an iPhone XS or newer uh, with eSIM support to be able to test drive their network. And... um, they've kind of bumped that now. So now they've given more on it. Uh, basically with the network pass is what it's called. It's 90 days, 90 days to try out T-Mobile. Um, and now it's gone beyond iPhone. So now if you have an Android phone, that's eSIM compatible, you can test drive the network that way. And again, 90 days, that's three months of T-Mobile service on their unlimited plan to test drive their network to see if uh, it works out great for you. Um, I'm still on the legacy plan for visible. What changes if I switch to the $30 plan? Um, So I still get my discount. So, um, okay, kind of shifting tracks here to the visible question there. Um, And let me just pop the questions up. On the Instagram side, if you have it, see. Is May 2022 latest Pixel 3a update? It is. on the Instagram side. So that is the latest update for the Pixel 3a, I, I want to believe. Um, actually, you know, I'll just tell you right now. Let me just grab my 3a real quick and turn it on, and I'll tell you, because it just recently got a software update, so I'll tell you what it should be on right now. As that's booting up, just give me like a minute or two. Um, to answer your question on Visible, so the $30 plan pretty much is what the legacy plan is. There's not drastic changes. Um, compared to the Visible Plus plan, which is $45 a month. That one gives you international calling to specific countries. And um, yeah, so with the discounts, Party Pay is going away. Like they kind of had like a misleading uh, message on the Visible app stating that Party Pay wasn't, you know, if you had Party Pay and you kept it, you stayed locked into it, you, you know, you wouldn't lose it. Yet there's also discussions that Party Pay is going away. Um, January 2023. So that's, um, I would say, you're going to lose that. Um, so yeah. Tibas, you'll probably get um, with referral codes is like $10 a month because they give this, if they're still giving that $20 credit um, every month, then yeah. 
Yeah, let me unlock my Pixel 3a and I'll show you what the latest um, latest version it should be on. So it's still going to be on Android 12. It didn't get Android 13 unless you um, unlock the bootloader and you flash a custom ROM. You can put the 3a on Android 13, but uh, let's see. So Android 12, May 5th, 2022 should be the Android security update. That's the most current one. April 1st, 2022 for the Google Play system update. So it should... Unless you probably you can see that. If you guys don't know, I'm streaming on Instagram as well. But yeah, that's the latest version for the Pixel 3a. Um, and then for, yeah, for the visible thing, yeah. Nah, you don't have to apologize for changing the topics. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, why is visible doing this change in the plans? So they're doing it, uh, well, there's several reasons, right? Um, in the beginning, before they made these changes, Visible was not using Verizon's core. That's why they had really high ping times or basically they had bad latency um, in regards to speed testing. But one of the things that Visible is doing is, in a way, trying to be competitive. I, I always felt like that they were already competitive before these changes, right? Because you have like Boost Mobile that went ahead and... Um, you know, did a $25 plan. That's currently happening right now. $25 unlimited, sort of. Um, you know, you have Metro that's trying to compete with them, right? You have all these different uh, prepaid companies trying to compete with them. So um, I never really understood the decision for Visible to do this, other than the fact that, that they're, you know, they want to make money. So having uh, two plans instead of one, kind of like odd. I just don't understand why they went ahead and... Um, I mean, well, I can kind of explain it to this extent. So Visible, their original main plan was $40, right? And the Visible Plus plan is $45. Um, so to, to try to get like their basic plan to have somewhat of, you know, value, like a look of value, um, they made the base plan $30. But with all the discounts that they were giving on the legacy plan, right? So like if you joined a party that had four or more, then your bill would be discounted to, by 15 bucks. So you would only be paying $25, right? So if they were to, to keep that with the $30 plan, you know, discounting it would make the plan $15. And so, you know, they're not really making money on that, um, kind of doing that. So I can kind of see why they did away with party pay, which kind of sucks because that was like their unorthodox family plan to get savings. Um, and like I said in my video, what happened in regards to that, basically, they try to double charge um, because their systems is really screwed up now, now that they're doing these plan changes. Um, was it uh, Lawrence from um, Chanel 808 Hawaii Life? Shout out to him. Uh, sent me a screenshot when he switched over from the legacy to the new plan. He got a prorated charge for making the plan change. Um, obviously, changing in the middle of your bill cycle, I guess. Uh, is why he got the prorated charges and the difference was charged to him. So um, that's some things that you need to know about when it comes to visible. It says if you are making the change from the legacy plan over to the uh, either the $30 or $45 plan, you are going to have a prorated charge. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, what visible did to me that kind of pissed me off. I mean, they already had they had a bad rep with me already. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know why they did it. And that's just because they wanted me to actually pay a phone bill for the Instagram side. You guys probably don't know the story, so I'll share it with you. Uh, everyone on YouTube pretty much knows this already because I've talked about this before. But um, when Visible approached me, I think it was in 2018, um, they wanted me and several other content creators on YouTube to kind of review their their services. And so they gave us one month free. Um, all we had to do was just have like a compatible phone, which at the time I had the Pixel 3a as my main driver so they sent me out a sim card for it during that month they were also about to uncap their data um where there was going to be no cap so downlinks were going to be as high as you can get in your area depending on your tower and um so yeah there was a lot going on i mean like i said i'm drinking from their cup they sent me a uh, swag box full of like you know like a shirt cup and all kinds of other goodies and stuff like that just for checking out their their services now, during that time, 
my videos got a lot of play on YouTube. So I had referral codes or a referral code that a lot of people use to sign up for Visible and try them out. And it was like $20 per referral. So in the in a nutshell, I literally raised probably about six, almost $700 in credit. <clears throat> and um, so every month, basically, those credits was paying my phone bill. Um, and I went an entire year and a half, almost two years, without paying a single bill on Visible because of all those credits earned. And I was already down to, I think, like 200 and something dollars in credit. Uh, Visible decided, like, you know, <laughs> they couldn't keep me, they couldn't let me keep having free phone service. Um, so they ended up basically canceling my account without me even knowing. And the only way I found out was I got an email that said, hey, we're sorry to see you go. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so when I logged into my Visible app, my account was fully closed. And um, number was lost in everything. And reaching out to their chat support, they were like, they can reinstate my account. I would have to pay X amount of dollars to get it reinstated. And I'm like, wait, what? You know what's going on? You know. So I was kind of mad because they did. They didn't only do it to me; they did it to several other people um, who reviewed their services and ended up getting the same benefits as me based upon people watching their videos and using their referral code. There are a lot of people who had visible and amassed a huge amount of credit and wasn't paying a visible phone bill for a while. Visible shut their accounts down. So I was already kind of like, that left a bad taste in my mouth Invisible. Um, this most recent one, family member, um, I had, like when I was testing Visible this past month, I had used a family member's referral code, um, which discounted their bill to five bucks only, right? So their bill was due on the 28th and they totally forgot. Um, they forgot to pay their bill. So on the 29th that morning, they uh, logged into the Visible app. They clicked pay now. Now with Visible, you can't edit how much you're going to pay on your bill. It doesn't allow you to change the amount. Whatever the amount shows is the amount you pay, right? Um, so it showed five bucks because that's what that family member's bill should have been since I used their referral code and signed up. So they paid their five bucks, came out of the bank account, we checked services would not reinstate so we ended up chatting with the visible rep they're like okay um it shows here that you owe 25 bucks we're like why would we own 25 bucks that doesn't make sense we just paid five to reinstate the service that's what her bill was they wanted to continue to argue and say what does your visible app says well of course i don't control the visible app so how to you know it's gonna say whatever it reflects and it was funny because in the visible app, which that member has screenshots, so I'll probably post it on Gram later on so people can see. Um, it did say that that family member owed 25 bucks to reinstate their service, but it said that they were late as of February 23rd, 2022. We're, we were in August. We're in September now. So that was like a big red flag, like, hey, your, your system's totally whack. But rather than them say, okay, you know what? This is what you said. You have screenshots because my family member had a screenshot of everything. And they were like, oh, send it to the Twitter DM because you can't post pictures in the visible chat. So when you're chatting with a rep, there's no, you can't, it's, that's what sucks, right? <laughs> that would have been cool if you can, because then you could have posted like a screenshot. You could have posted a screen record so they can see what's on your device, but they don't, they don't do that. So anyways, there's anyone to argue the point, And I was like, you know what? We're not going to argue over 25 bucks or whatever, whatnot, you know? Um, so that person decided they're just going to leave visible. It's not worth arguing over 25 bucks or anything like that. Um, and then at the same time too, there's, there's like, there's principles to this, right? It's not a huge amount and thank God it's not a huge amount of money. Right. But when you already pay for something and then they want to charge you more, there's principles behind that. If you pay it, you're letting them know it's okay for them to do that and they'll do it to other people. Um, yeah, so they're, you know, they left visible, visible loss of customer, no big deal to them because they got thousands and thousands of customers. So they're still going to do what they're going to do. Um, but said person doesn't have to deal with that type of fuckery. Let's just call it for what it is. Um, and yeah, so I made a video letting other people know what they should do to kind of protect themselves. So that way they don't get screwed over 
because there are some people who use visible and you know we can judge on so many levels but we don't know what 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 walks of life people go through that's mainly my mentality so just yeah it's pretty much that um i like when they did a five dollars a month deal yeah well that's 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 going away so visible now will be like every other carrier Mm-hmm. yes yes visible will be like every other prepaid carrier um yeah, so that was visible in a nutshell. So kind of like going back to the T-Mobile 90 days trial free. Like I stated, um, just kind of get it, let everyone know. So right now, if you download the T-Mobile app on your on your phone, whether it's an Android device or iPhone, it just needs to have eSIM compatibility. Um, if you download the T-Mobile app and you launch the T-Mobile app, even though you don't have T-Mobile service, it will you'll see the very first thing it tells you is that the network pass is coming it's 90 days of T-Mobile service free. There's no cap on it like the previous one, the test drive, which test drive was 30 days or 30 gigs. T-Mobile is not capping anything. So it's just three months free service, test out their network. And if you decide to make the jump at the end of the 90 days, everything is done through the T-Mobile app. So through there, I guess, once your trial is almost over, you will have the option to guess input all your credentials to port your number over from whatever private Right, not private. Uh, port your number over from whatever carrier you're using. And yeah, they try to make it as seamless as possible. This coming from T-Mobile, who's doing like, T-Mobile's like good and bad. There are good things about T-Mobile. There are bad things about T-Mobile, right? The most recent that people are talking about is, again, layoffs. Um, people getting let go from the company, which is bad because that's a broken promise of the Sprint T-Mobile merger deal. They weren't supposed to be letting people go. They were supposed to be creating more jobs. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's sad to know that. However, um, yeah, so this is going to be something kind of crazy. Um, I'm sticking with text now for a while. Hope they don't start charging. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, you can stick with text now and you can test drive uh, T-Mobile's network if you have a phone that's eSIM compatible. So I'm going to say like, you know, some of the Samsung devices, that have eSIM, the Pixel devices that have eSIM, and uh, iPhones 10s and up that have eSIM are going to be compatible to take advantage of this offering to test drive, you know, T-Mobile's network if you haven't. Now, it's a limited one trial, right? So, like, if, let's say, like, I use my Pixel 6 and um, I try out the uh, T-Mobile network for 90 days, um, there's no way that I could do another 90 days with this phone the imei is going to be cataloged that it's used it and so if i try again it's going to um tell me that i need to subscribe to their services and that's another thing too you got to be careful uh when people sell you a phone if you buy a phone like on offer up or other um, online um sources like swappa and you try to do the T-Mobile test drive or the network pass is what it's called now. Um, it, that could have been used on there already. So if you try to do it and it tells you that this IMEI's used it before, subscribe to the subscribe to a service plan. Yeah. So just so you guys know. So I think that's actually pretty cool. 90 days. That's a good length of time to test drive. Um, T-Mobile's network to see how well T-Mobile is in your city because there there are things that people got to understand when it comes to mobile tech well not mobile technology but you know the telecom industry there's things that people got to understand um, where it works in one place it's not going to work identically in another place um, there are places in this country where T-Mobile service is better there are places where AT&T is going to service better there are places where Verizon is going to service better um, and if you look at Dish Wireless's actual postpaid um, service Boost Infinite um, that is actually utilizing T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon, I believe. So they're kind of doing something a little bit different, right? Um, so, yeah, it, you just got to know if T-Mobile works great in your area. If Mint Mobile doesn't work, if Metro by T-Mobile doesn't work, if Google Fi doesn't work, T-Mobile is not going to work because that is, the, that is the network that those MBNOs piggyback off of. Um, unless you're in the Midwest and you're mostly connecting to U.S. Cellular, but more than likely you're connecting to t-mobile and why would t-mobile do something like this currently at this time well it makes sense with the big announcement of t-mobile partnering up with starlink um to provide 
you know, like services in rural America, uh, places where there's no towers for you to connect your phone to. You'll be able to connect to one of the satellites, be able to at least send a text message for now until until they, they upgrade capacity for that. And then in the future, you may be able to live stream on Facebook or Instagram out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's just a type of antenna that we have in our smartphones and those things. All those things have to be upgraded in time. But this is a step in the right direction. And this is supposed to launch on T-Mobile in 2020, by the end of 2023, actually. So it kind of makes sense why T-Mobile is starting to do these little things. Because while there are some practices that the company T-Mobile does wrong, there are other things that they do that are beneficial to customers. This is one of them. Giving you 90 days of service without charge, not a single charge, to try out their network. I mean, I can already think about it right now. There's going to be people that are within the tech space community that's going to go ahead and grab this because it's 90 days of free service. So it's 90 days. Um, who, who wouldn't want to take advantage of it? Right. Um, so even like myself, like I am going to grab the service. Who's not going to try it? It's 90 days free. All you need is just an eSIM compatible phone. Um, that's how they're doing it. So, and most people rock iPhones. So, hey. U.S. Cellular is big in your state? Yeah. What's up, Latrell? Good morning to you, sir. The 90-day trial doesn't require to input a debit card? I don't know because I haven't signed up for it yet. Right now, if you download the T-Mobile app on your phone and you look at it, it tells you coming soon. It doesn't yet for you to to start registering. Um, I would think it would if they wanted to make it as easy as possible for you to switch because that is one of the other things like i said um if you're happy with the t-mobile service and you want to move your phone number over you will be able to set up the uh, port request through the t-mobile app so everything's going to be done through the t-mobile app you know you're going to sign up for the trial for the 90-day trial and then you're going to um if you're ready to port over you're going to put in all your your credentials for a port request, which is going to be your account number, your account pin, and the mobile number that you're wanting to bring from whatever carrier you're on. If you're already on T-Mobile, don't try to port in your number, please, because that's just like, what the hell? It's already with T-Mobile. <laughs> I'm laughing and, and, and somebody might be like, who would be dumb enough to do it? There's people who's dumb enough to do it, okay? I'm sorry. I, I call a spade a spade. But um, yeah, if you're on... <laughs> if you're on any and if it's already on T-Mobile, you're not porting anything over. It's already on T-Mobile. So um let's see. I'm going to do that today just for the free plan and data usage. Yeah. I mean Ed, why not, right? Try it out. It doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if you have all the all the money in the world or you don't. It's free service. Who's gonna pass on that? And T-Mobile knows what they're doing because getting a bunch of people to rush over and try their network, they know a good percentage is going to end up switching over. Especially with that connection for um, that's coming up in the end of 2023, which is uh, T-Mobile and Starlink linking up, working together in tandem. Hmm. How about Galaxy Watches? How about them? By the way, for those that are joining in on the YouTube side, if you're wondering why I'm looking to my right and talking, I'm live on Instagram as well. Um, I figured, why not? Uh, but of course, Restream doesn't have a link for you to bond Instagram into your live stream. You can do Facebook, you can't do Instagram. So you got to do Instagram from, from a phone. So they're both set up that way. Which kind of sucks, though, because the audio quality using this microphone right here only goes on the YouTube side. On the Instagram side, it's just going to be the native uh, the native microphone on the phone. But hopefully it sounds decent. Um, I'm broke. Anything is free as a student in the university is good to me. Right. And, you know, college ain't cheap. So no one, no one's judging, man. And if someone judges, they get the boot. So, yeah, um, to kind of wrap that story up, yeah, if you want to give it a shot, um, just download the T-Mobile app. And again, um, now it's open to both iPhones and Android so long as they have eSIM support. 
So you can check on the T-Mobile's website to see if uh, eSIM is supported with your particular device. But I would have likely assumed that the Galaxy S series, I want to say maybe um, the S20s or the S10s um, may be supported. I'm not saying for sure. So again, like I said, check the website to make sure that your your Samsung device is uh, supported. And, um, oh, can you use it or is it only for phones? Only for phones. So you wouldn't be able to get like a Galaxy Watch. And you know what? That's a very good question. Because it says phones. It doesn't say that other IOTs can be used. So if you want to try and give it a shot on your Galaxy Watch and see if it does it, I mean, hey, never hurts to try. You'll never know unless you actually try. But um, no. So I don't want to say no to the Galaxy Watches. Because if someone actually does it and is like, yo, I got the uh, the network pass from T-Mobile on my Galaxy Watch. <laughs> then it works and then you know what you can let people on social media know that it's working for you and a lot of other people out there who's curious about that is actually so yeah well i would say give it a shot you have nothing to lose there um i would say that the only uh hurdle you'll have um i don't know because if you download the t-mobile app on your smartphone and see i don't know if it's going to grab the imei for your sim slot directly through the app to your phone or if you have to input that information in so you'll find out just try it out in team lap like i said it never hurts to try um all right switching tracks pixel 6a or uh, let's, let's talk lte 5g phones first and we'll save for the pixel 6a for the end of the podcast um and that, that's a question that is still asked today now this is not specifically for the tech nerd community i know you guys know what 5g is i know that y'all know um the different types of 5g the 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 spectrum the band names the band signals um which ones are aggregated which ones are not you guys know that right before the the non-nerd the non-geek the non-techie that is on youtube or on instagram or on tiktok um you know, they don't, they don't know much about it. They know 5G is there. They know that you'll see an indicator on your smartphone that says 5G. They know that um, it's supposed to be faster speeds than LTE. And that's all they really know. Like they, they don't know what C-band is to that degree. They don't know what carrier aggregation is. They don't know what, you know, millimeter wave they don't know that they don't know that there's a difference between T-Mobile's midband and Verizon's midband and AT&T's midband 5G. They don't. They don't know that stuff. Um, but the one thing that they do know is that they have a device. It's still capable. It still functions. It's an LTE-only device, and they want to know if they got to make that switch. If they have to make that switch over to 5G. This is what I've been telling people who ask me. That is that if you want, if you want a future-proof phone, and you're ready, make the switch. But you don't have to abandon your phone. Like if you like, like for instance, I have a Pixel Four. I like using my Pixel Four. It's LTE only, so it doesn't support 5G at all, and um, it's still a good experience whether I have it activated on Google Fi, or have it activated on Metro by T-Mobile, or if I have it activated. Uh, well, no, I can't activate it on Boost Mobile because Boost Mobile is very picky. So the only two phones that I can really put on my Boost Mobile line is my Pixel 6 or my Pixel 5. But um, the Pixel 4 is LTE only, and it works great. Well, first of all, where I live at, T-Mobile has decent, oh, well, about decent coverage. There's places that people have post-speed tests, and they get phenomenally better um connection than i do I'm currently watching on the pixel 6a um but they get they get better connection where they're at compared to where i'm at but here t-mobile still does pretty good too um average on the lte side average of my data speeds i would say is 80 by 30 so sometimes it hits 100 megabits for yeah 100 megabits per second but usually it tops out about 80 like mid 80s and then the uplink is about 30 to 40 megabits per second. And that's on LTE only. Now, devices that I have that are 5G capable that support uh, N41 and N71, 
Uh, those devices see speeds anywhere between 250 megabits per second to 512 megabits per second on the downlink and about 60 to 100 megabits per second on the uplink. Just depends on the time of day, where I'm at, and if the area is congested. Um, so T-Mobile does very good, but Arizona has always been a sprint market area. So with T-Mobile's acquisition of Sprint, gained this area. Also invisible. <laughs> That's funny. That's absolutely funny. Um, so I would say this to anybody out there. You don't have to, okay? You'll see a lot of different tech creators and stuff like that say that you, sh you should or what are you doing on an LTE device. Don't take that to heart. Everybody uses their phones differently and everyone's needs are different, right? A techie, a geek, such as myself, any of my friends here on the live stream, on the YouTube side, anyone that's popped in here on the Instagram side that's watching. If you're a geek or nerd, obviously 5G is important to you. You know what 5G can do. I'll tell people right now what 5G is doing exactly right now. It is powering both of these live streams, okay? My laptop is connected to my T-Mobile home internet router. And the Pixel 2 XL, which I'm live streaming to Instagram, is also connected to that Wi-Fi. And it's handling both live streams fairly well from what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's what 5G can do, um, is handle, handle the load, handle the load of IOTs that's connected. Um, so that's what it can do. But it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have it right now. Now, when it comes to the T-Mobile home internet, and the very sad thing about it is, is that currently right now, T-Mobile network is not equipped to handle every home in a specific area to utilize the home internet unlimited plan. So like me, I have to be careful because right now, uh, when the home internet made its way to Metro by T-Mobile for you to sign up for it, I signed up for it. I have the unlimited plan, $55 a month for unlimited home internet. Now in this area where I live at, it is showing not compatible because it's not compatible for another household to get T-Mobile home internet with unlimited plan. So T-Mobile now has this new plan, which is the home internet light, which has very low capacity in my opinion, because if you're watching Netflix, you're watching HBO Max and stuff like that, 100 gigabytes is not going to suffice. And um, you can upgrade it. You can upgrade your plan on the home internet light plans to like 200 gigs or 300 gigs. If you do 300 gigs, I think they said that your bill is going to be anywhere about like 150 to almost 200 bucks, which is pretty much what you would pay if you went to like Cox Internet or if you went to CenturyLink. Um, so why pay that much for 300 gigs, you know? Um, and of course, T-Mobile is expanding their network. They continuously, you know, build out. And uh, when they do, then anyone who is on the T-Mobile home internet light plan will be notified that they can switch to a full unlimited plan. Um, so that's the good part about it. But yeah, so if I move and in the area that I move to happens to have people that already have the unlimited plan and they pretty much have that area on lock, then more than likely I'll be converted to the light plan, which then I will cancel my subscription to it until the unlimited plan opens back up because doing these podcasts and live streams and creating videos and uploading it 100 gigs to even 300 gigs is not going to suffice because in a month since i've been watching the internet usage on the home internet from t-mobile which i got through metro by t-mobile using about 1.5 to 2 terabytes of data and it's not really me I have to thank my lovely kids because they're online gaming. Man, that eats quite a bit. Hey, what's up? What's going on, Dougie? Welcome to the live stream. Yeah, so again... If you have a 5G, if you are interested in getting a 5G phone, doesn't hurt for you to get it. The benefits of flipping over to a 5G phone is that, you know, that phone is future proof. So if you're a person that doesn't upgrade every year, well, you'll have a phone that will, you know, continuously work good for the next couple of years. 
Um, if you don't feel like you need that type of downlink and uplink speeds and that LTE has always worked out great for you, then, and you're, you're not wanting to upgrade your phone, your phone is still good. In your opinion, you're happy with it. There's no point in you upgrading because if you upgrade to something that, you know, just doesn't fit right for you, you're just going to be heavily disappointed. So that's the advice that I give. Um, let's touch base with the Pixel 6a and why I say that Google did it. And yeah, there's there's a there's a lot going on. People pretty much talking about the Pixel 6a, the good, the bad, the ugly. Let me just kind of put it in this perspective. Why I say that the, the Pixel 6a did it for the A series, right? Because you look at the previous A series, right? The 3a, the 4a, um, the 4a 5G, the 5a. Um, they're all great phones, okay? I'm not gonna, you know, completely undercut them because they are really good phones. Um, the 6a, and the reason why I say that it, it, it did it is because one of the complaints about the A series, which is a which is a mid the mid-range Pixel phones from Google, and while they do so good, um, why they're great in my opinion, like I said, it provides the Pixel experience that I would get in a Google Pixel flagship phone like the Pixel Six. You can get that same experience in something like the Pixel Five A or the Pixel Six A, which is the newest one. The Six A you get the tensor chip and anyone that really understands the tensor chip will understand because of tensor flow tensor flow is google's um it's the machine learning side of things and with that tensor flow the chip utilizes on that so when people complain about that it's not a powerhouse like a snapdragon um 8 gen 1 it wasn't built to be that it was built to sufficiently run the things that you're going to run on it, but it also needs to, you know, run the AI side of things, which Google Pixel phones utilize artificial intelligence a lot. That gets overlooked with every review, whether it's a video review on YouTube or review on a website that I read. I read other people's perspectives about the latest Google Pixel devices. And the most recent one is the Pixel 6a which I'll get into with the other stuff about that in a little bit, but, and they all say the same thing. You know, they're mad about the 600, the 60 Hertz refresh. They're mad about it. Like they've never used a phone that had 60 Hertz refresh. Every smartphone before the introduction of 90 Hertz to 120 Hertz to 144 Hertz, every phone before that was a 60 Hertz. Even, even way back was 30, I believe. Way, way back. We're talking like 09, 2010. Um, so let's get real about something. Okay. 60 Hertz to me is not a, it's not something that I'm going to judge a phone on. I judge phones based on user experience and I judge phones based on, on what they're doing. Okay. Google closing the gap, right? Because the Apple fans, they've always touted about their SE, ver you know, versions right they're, they're the se's from you know apple's iphones and how they are given a flagship chip right so like the third generation iphone se um it has what is it the, the a15 biotic i think it's the 15 it's the 15 or 14 but i'm pretty sure it's the a15 and that that is apple's latest chip before the a16 comes out um <clears throat> And so people would always kind of like throw that because the Pixel 5a and previous generations of the A series have used mid-range chips, right? Like the 5a, the 4a 5G uses Snapdragon 765G. The uh, 4a uses um, a Snapdragon 710, 710G, I think it was. Um, and then the, the, the 3a used a 600 series chip from Qualcomm. So these are all mid-range processors. Um, low-end to to higher mid-range, right? Because the 765G on the Pixel 5a, the Pixel 5, and the 4a 5G, solid solid chip for a 700 series chip. Those, these phones run great. They run, they run amazing. 
Um, so the 6A kind of like changes all of that by putting the Tensor chip inside of the 6A. So every bit of what you get from the Pixel 6 is going to be very similar to the 6A. More similar than any of the A-series devices prior. Even though like the 5A gets Android 13 and it's smooth and it works really well. But it's not going to get entirely every bit of what the Pixel 6 can because of that Tensor chip. And, um, you know, it's not Google's decision to use, you know, the Tensor chip in the Pixel 6a to say, oh, well, we have leftover chip. Let's just, you know, let's not waste them. Okay. That is a good analogy because it's, you know, it cuts back on, um, on, um, you know, waste, cuts back on waste. Why not? You know, but Google's main reason of doing it is for the 6a to pretty much have everything that the Pixel 6 has. I mean, they did cut corners to, to keep the price tag at $449. There were some things that they cut. Wireless charging, which a lot of people are, you know, are talking about in their reviews as one of their complaints. It had, doesn't have wireless charging. I get it. There are people who just like love to like just lay their phone down and let it charge. Me, I'm not a person that even cares about wireless charging just because if you don't know, um, doing wireless charging degrades your battery a lot faster than connecting a wired type C to the type C port on your phone and charging it by wire. Um, if you're doing wireless charging, it's going to degrade the battery faster. And because heat, heat degrades lithium ion batteries and your, your phone does get warm trying to wirelessly charge it. So you gotta keep that in mind. <clears throat> so wireless charging is not a big deal. At least to me. To other people, it might be. And for that reason, if you choose not to buy a Pixel 6a, good on you. Because I'm not a person that says that you have to buy everything that everybody else is getting. You know, buy what you want to buy. And use what you want to use. That's the way that I call it when it comes um, to getting a smartphone. But the 6a shouldn't be cut down for it lacking wireless charging. Now, yes, they could have put wireless charging in it. The iPhone SE third gen has wireless charging and it's around the same price as the Pixel 6a. The reasonings for Google not doing that? Who knows? It could be something as small and what people would say would be idiotic as them not wanting to use glass on the back of the phone. Maybe they felt like going through plastic really wasn't that good for wireless charging and they wanted to keep the body of the Pixel 6a as polycarbonate and not glass. Because, yeah, it, it does feel like glass. A lot of people who have the 6A are saying that when you feel the back of the phone, it does kind of feel like it's glass, even though it's a shiny plastic. Google's really good at replicating <laughs> what their flagship phones feel like with their mid-range devices. So you don't really feel like a, a huge distinguishable difference between them. Um, that could be the reason why they didn't put wireless charging. Who knows? Uh, of course, the 60 hertz that people are crying about. Um when I have I have phones that that can support 90 hertz, right? My Pixel 6 supports 90 hertz. I don't ever turn it on, so my Pixel 6 is running at 60 hertz, and I have no problems. I'm not dying from these scroll speeds. The Pixel 5a that I'm also using doesn't have 90 hertz refresh, and I don't feel held back. And if someone wants to say, "Oh, well, you've never used 90 hertz," I have a Pixel 4 that also has 90 hertz refresh. I've used it. I've seen how smooth animations and movements on the display are at 90 hertz. I think it was several years ago that, well, not several, I'm going to say like a couple of years ago, um, I posted a tweet talking about playing Pokemon Go with 90 hertz refresh on and really seeing a difference between that and 60 hertz. So yes, I've seen the difference for anyone that wants to challenge that. It's just seeing the difference and the differences is doesn't outweigh what I like and 60 Hertz doesn't kill me to do that. It doesn't kill me to use 60 Hertz. It doesn't. So I think that we have gotten so spoiled by the tech companies that we, that we kind of allow these little, these little things that they want to use of marketing. Cause you got to remember, we kind of hit that glass ceiling when it comes to mobile technology, right? The best that we have as far as what we can consider to be innovation today is foldable technology, right? The, the galaxy folds and the flips are getting decent amount of reviews and they're getting good coverage not because everybody wants a foldable smartphone it's because it's new innovative technology for a touchscreen display to be able to fold without cracking 
be able to function the same as if it was a candy bar style smartphone, right? We don't have much in innovations. We can keep upgrading the cameras using 50 megapixel, 60 megapixel, 120 megapixel sensors, and that's just bump ups. There's not been real big innovation in the mobile tech industry. And so the best that they can do is find things to kind of market and kind of go around in a circle. It used to be the cameras, okay? Two, three years ago, it was all about cameras, right? It's all about night sight. Google Pixel launched the Pixel 3, talked about night sight. That became backwards compatible to the 2 series and the 1 series, sort of. The 2 series for sure, the 2XL and the 2. Um, and it allowed you to take photos with really, really low light because of Google's computational photography and AI it would be able to post, you would take a photo and post it with very little light in the room and it show up as if like there is a medium style light to light up the room. So things like this would appear, even if this was like really dark, this and all of it, the colors, the details of all my Funko Pops right here would show in that photo. And then um, Apple developed their version of Nightside and Samsung did and every other OEM out there started doing it, right? So it was about cameras. They can only go so far with cameras because they don't want to hit that glass ceiling for cameras. So now it's about refresh rate. And they're going to tout that. The brand new yada 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 with Android blah 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 blah. And it can do da 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 da. And it's got 120 hertz refresh. And now that's made everybody care about 90, 120, 144 hertz, the refresh rate. So much that people even went ahead and um, installed a custom ROM for the Pixel 6a that unlocked 90 hertz. So they basically overclocked their display. And it was like, it's a display, not a CPU. So you can do irreparable damage to your display. And everyone was like, oh, well, you know, Google is lying to us because it supports 90 hertz. Like, the display can support 90 hertz to a degree, but if Google found it in the best interest for the phone to remain at 60 hertz in order for it to function, then they're going to cap it at 60 hertz. What up, Mario? They're going to cap it at 60 hertz. And if they cap it at 60 hertz, it's, it's that way for a reason. So installing a custom ROM on a Pixel 6a and overclocking the refresh rate on the display while you're gaining 90 hertz refresh, you don't know what irreparable damage you're doing to that display. And a Pixel 6a display is not cheap. After talking with the Shurion up the block to do a screen replacement on a Pixel 6a, it's about $275. what they stated currently. So... You want to overclock your display, screw it up so you can pay 275 to replace your display. You didn't you can't complain because you can't say I got my Pixel 6a for 449. Now you gotta add 279 275 on top of that. You know, if, if people really wanted the 90 hertz so bad, get the Pixel 6. Get the Pixel 6, it has 90 hertz. If you want the 120 hertz, get the 6 Pro. They both went on sale recently. 499 for the Pixel 6, 649 for the Pixel 6 Pro because they got to clear out back stock in the wake of the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro and possibly the 7 Fold or the 7 Ultra because people can't make up their minds. They're like, oh, we think it's a Pixel Fold, foldable Pixel. Other people are like, it's going to be a Pixel Ultra. Right. Okay. What is this, Power Rangers? He's like, I can see it now. We call on Titanus and the power of the Ultra Pixel. <laughs> power Rangers. Um, the 6A, it did, before all this, this humbug debacle and the refresh rate of the display, it did exactly what people wanted. People wanted the A-series devices to be kind of like what Apple had with the SE, okay? Cutting corners here and there to make the phone affordable, but allowing it to perform just exactly as its flagship brethren. And the 6A did that. And if you look, like I said, and I, I've talked about this, I've, I've uh, posted a shorts on this, 
uh, Business Tech Today made an entire video talking about how the Pixel 6a is not for you. And he's addressing all of us techies, geeks, nerds, because um, it really isn't. It's made for the person that wants battery life. I use the Pixel 6 as my secondary device, and I also have the S22 Ultra. Nice, nice. Big combo. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big person of Samsung, but I do like what they what they do and what they have. Samsung is pretty dope. What up, Ray? On the Instagram side, what's going on? Um, but yeah. Google closed the gap. They closed the gap between their A series and their flagships. So the 6A has every bit of form and functionality that the 6 has with some corners cut. Plastic body instead of glass. At least the the rails are aluminum. So that's an up, that's an upgrade. I mean, yes, it's still using the same camera sensors as my Pixel 5a, right? Which I find funny because people will be like, the 6a's cameras suck. But <laughs> then they, they've, they've gone and posted, you know, a year ago that the 5a has solid cameras. Well, it's the same sensor. <laughs> it's the same sensor. And if people are like, well, they calibrated it differently. Maybe they calibrated it differently, but they calibrated it as far as like level balancing the amount of light that it takes in to take that photo, the exposure, that's the same. Same camera sensor. That's why I, I can remember the name of the sensor, the Sony IMX363, because it's been used in the 2XL, 3, 3XL, 3A, 3AXL, 4, 4XL, 4A, 4A, 5G, 5, 5A. It's been used in all those phones. So it's the same camera sensor. So it's going to do well because Google has shown they haven't they haven't made a drastic change to the camera sensors that they use um, until the Pixel 6. The Pixel 6 uses Samsung's uh, 50 megapixel camera sensor for its main sensor. And then it has the ultra wide. And if you have the pro model, then you have telephoto with that as well. So the Pixel 6 did a lot of changes. It changed the design, right? Because you had too many companies using this design. This square camera module on the back, right? There were people who really couldn't tell a difference between a Pixel 5 and an iPhone because of that, that square camera module. The only way you could tell if you really know your phones is that if it was a black inside to the square camera module, it wasn't an iPhone because Apple made the inside area match the body of their phone. So, yeah, they are very meticulous about design language like that. Um, so that was a cool thing with Google to switch to a different design, something very different. And what I'm noticing is because Google isn't looked at in the same limelight as Apple is, companies like Motorola and Samsung, they're not, they're not copying this design. They're going with their own. Some are still using the square camera module. So that cut, that benefits Google because if I walk down the street, even if I didn't have a clear case on, you would know this is a Pixel 6 because of the camera, camera bar, which is awesome. And to make sure that the 6A didn't fall away, they gave it that same exact design. Yeah, the camera visor is a little bit smaller. Well, thinner. It's not as not as wide or as thick as the six and six pro. And it's it doesn't protrude out of the body that much. So you get very, 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 very tiny protrusion. I mean, there are people who refuted that said that they can't even hold the phone and use their finger to brace the phone under the camera bar like you can on a Pixel 6. Your finger would just immediately slip over onto the camera bar on the Pixel 6a. The point is, is that in every aspect that they've done before with an A-series device to make it very similar to its flagship partner, like the 3A to the 3, the 4A to the 4, the 5A to the 5, they continue that same trend. You have the Pixel experience within Android 13, so you're not missing out. Well, but compared to the previous versions of the A-series, the 6A has Tensor. So every little bit of goodness that you're going to get with a 6 or 6 Pro, you're going to get that with the 6A. Why am I getting the course of the notifications? Because I have it on. 
you're going to get all the goodness of the 6A from what the 6 and 6 Pro offer. Just very minor, very minor differences. Very minor differences. No telephoto on either the 6 or 6 or 6A, but it's telephotos on the 6 Pro. Um, size of the display. Wireless charging. Yeah, wireless charging on the 6 and the 6 Pro. And just think about it like this. If wireless charging is absolutely so important to you, get a Pixel 6 for $499. That's a $50 difference between the 6A. Very minimum, minimal that you're going to pay to get wireless charging and a glass body. And if you really, really, really got to go and got to go for broke, an additional $200 gets you everything that the Pro offers. $649 starting out with a Pro. Now, of course, if you go with like a 256 or not 256, 512 or higher in the, in the Pro series, then yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more. Yeah, a lot. Of, it's, not, it's not important to a lot of people, Mike, for sure. But there are some people who will just... I don't know. It just seems that a lot of like like today we have shifted so much with how we review tech and how we talk about tech that the little things like refresh rate is enough for us to try and justify us and we don't like it. You know, I know people flame the hell out of MKBHD for his reviews on the Pixel 6 and I get it. There are fellow Team Pixel friends. I'm not talking about the Team Pixel guys who get the phones from Google to review. I'm talking about anyone that's a big fan of Team Pixel. Some of you guys are going out there and just crying over the, the refresh rate of the phone. And it's just like, the refresh rate should not even matter. It should not. Okay? If, if you're going to say, well, I like the mobile game, then get a phone that was actually built specifically for mobile gaming. The Razer phone. Razer built smartphones. That's actually a gaming, a handheld gaming console first and then a phone second. Right, kind of like what Sony did with the PSP phone, right? You know, you slider phone, slide up the display, and it reveals a gaming pad, not a QWERTY keyboard, but a gaming pad to play games from PlayStation. I know because my late friend, again, rest in peace, but my friend Alex, who passed away a couple years ago, he had the PlayStation phone. And when he used to come over and chill with me, he used to let me play on it. I thought the thing was so cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, Razer phones are gaming, handheld game console over smartphone. The 6A will do the job with gaming and just like any any phone that's going to get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying if people really, if that's what they want first, first more than anything is a gaming phone, then get a gaming phone. The 6A is able to handle some games. Yeah, it's going to get warm. Uh, same like with the recording video. If you're recording in high resolution, like 4K, yes, it's going to get warm over time. Um, it's meant to be a smartphone. A really, really intelligent smartphone. And that is, of course, with TensorFlow, that the tensor chip utilizes in order to provide that experience that we get the little subtle things like in photography the things that we kind of forget what's happening because you don't see it happening in front of your eyes when you snap that photo but there's a lot of work happening on the tensor chip the moment you hit that shutter button and you snap that photo of what's going on in background with, the, with ai being powered by the tensor chip with TensorFlow to create that photo that you didn't have to play with manual settings to get a decent shot that's shareable on social media that people will like. Trust me, I posted a photo yesterday from the Pixel 5. I posted it on Instagram and I post I posted it on Vero. As I am on Vero, sharing photos on there and such, Vero has actually become what Instagram used to be before Instagram pretty much got flooded with reels and and stories. So the old days of just, you know, creating a profile that is your portfolio of photos to showcase your skills in photography, Vero is now that. And I'm on there and I shared a photo from the Pixel 5 and got a decent amount of likes in like the first 10 minutes. Usually on social media, at least for me, because I'm, I'm nobody special. So when I post a photo, I may get three likes within the first hour. And throughout the day, as people who follow me end up on Instagram and 
going through their feed, they find my photo. Oh, Tina posted a photo. That looks pretty cool. And they like it. Um, in 24 hours, I could get like maybe eight, eight likes. Vera, I got seven likes in under a minute. Anyways, I'm closing out on Instagram because it's giving me the, the countdown. It's at 10 seconds now. So those on Instagram, thanks for watching. Hit the heart to like this live stream. If you guys want me to do more, comment and tell me to do more. Until next time, peace. And Instagram is done. It's like live video paused. <laughs>
But until then, thank you so much for joining in. Thank you for watching. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, Junior. And uh, I'll see you guys Saturday. Um, also, thank you to getting the It's Mr. Pixels YouTube channel up to 30 subscribers. We're currently sitting at 30. So thank you guys so much for um, subscribing to that channel, which is all dedicated to Google Pixel products. If you're not subscribed to it, go check it out. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. But yeah, I didn't expect it to get to that. It's slowly climbing. And I'll continue to post Pixel content on that channel for those who are interested in Pixels only. All right, y'all take it easy. Be cool. Be safe. <laughs>